Hi, everybody. This is Bill Woodcock, and welcome to the latest edition of Forward Maryland. Today is Sunday, April 14th, 2019. It's been a little bit of time since I've come to you, but I've been busy uh, with the regular job and been busy making plans to make Forward Maryland Maryland's best political podcast. Um, not sure if it'll be successful. Not sure what creates the best podcast. There are a lot of great political podcasts out there. You got to listen to a lot of them. But uh, we're working to be the best we can be. So uh, with that in mind, into the issues that have been going on over the past uh, couple of weeks and the issues that continue. Uh, first, I would be remiss if I did not express my sympathy on the passing of Maryland House Speaker Mike Bush. I kind of took a couple of days off from this podcast uh, in order to pay respects and in uh, commemoration and celebration of the life of the great Maryland Speaker. Um, yeah, I did not know Mike Bush that well. I think he and I had only crossed paths a couple of times, and that was early on in, in my career as a uh, political activist uh, with the Maryland Democratic Party. And uh, all I can say is I had good feelings about him, good opinions. Uh, my ex-wife uh, was one of his and her family. They were uh, his constituents in Anne Arundel County, and they always seemed to have been represented well by him. They liked him. And so very much in order with all the great things that people ever said about the speaker. So uh, very sad to see his passing. Uh, knew he had been in not good health, in fact, quite poor health for some time, but yet the um, experience of last weekend and uh, especially Sunday a week ago today when the speaker passed, it was kind of a shock, very sudden. So uh, my heart goes out to his family and friends. And of course, the business of the Maryland General Assembly will go on. There's an article in today's Washington Post about the quest for the uh, speakership in order to succeed Mike Bush. And there will be more on that on the next podcast, which uh, I'm going to talk about that in several minutes. So Godspeed, Mike Bush, and rest well. You did a wonderful job, faithful servant. Um, thank you for all you did to make Maryland a better place to live. Unfortunately, a situation that continues to go on, uh, Mayor Catherine Pugh of Baltimore is still recovering from pneumonia which must be quite a serious bout of pneumonia. Um, you know, with today's modern medicine and technology, really not uh, much reason why pneumonia should be going on for uh, over two weeks in a fairly healthy woman. And uh, Mayor Pugh certainly seems to be a very healthy lady. Uh, so not sure what's happening there. Um, but this is becoming a national joke. And I said this in my last uh, podcast, Mayor Pugh needs to resign. Uh, John Oliver made fun of what's going on in Baltimore last week on his show. And uh, it's, it, it's, it's, well, it's well taken. I mean, it's, it's a, it is a joke. It's a horrible situation what's going on and that it's allowed to continue. 
Um, why this mayor doesn't step down, I have no idea. The entire city council of Baltimore wrote a, a letter to the mayor urging that she step down, urging her resignation. I've never heard of this sort of situation taking place. I mean, this is not a political dispute. This is not a political discussion. You know, this is not two sides to the story. Uh, I find it troubling that there are people who are claiming that this is some sort of effort to disenfranchise and disempower African-American leadership in this state. There are dozens of terrific African-American leaders in this state. Uh, but this was a case where somebody broke ethical, if not legal, authorities and... If we can't police ourselves as a people, this is why regular people lose faith in their government. This is why regular people get angry about their government. This is why regular everyday people turn to wild-eyed fanatics, and I think we know of a few of those in our political culture, this is why people turn to those fanatics in order to get what they think is a fair shake. Because when they see someone like Catherine Pugh, they see where the system doesn't work for them. In fact, they see where the system works against them. So let's not academicize this and say, well, this is part of, this is part of some... Uh, you know, some effort to marginalize African-American leaders. Come on. Come on. We're better than that. We're in the state of Maryland. We have a pretty proud, liberal, uh, small L and capital L tradition. Um, and, you know, but, you know, we can blow it. And we can blow it if we as big D and small D Democrats act like we know what's best for the people and act like we will be the arbiters of right and wrong and that there are not 100% across the spectrum democratic voices yelling as loud as they can for Catherine Pugh to resign. That is troubling, very, very troubling. You know, I mentioned before about John Oliver making this a joke. Okay, John Oliver makes this as a joke. Ha, 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 ha. It's on HBO. Okay, pranky, pranky. That's okay. What do you think people in the greater community, people in the, forget the state, but what do you think people nationwide are thinking? If you're a company and you're thinking of, putting your company headquarters in Baltimore, do you want to be associated with that? If you are a company looking to grow and expand and Baltimore City is looking like an option, does the political landscape currently make you move towards Baltimore City or run away from Baltimore City? Now, I can see a lot of great assets for going towards Baltimore City. But if you need 
assistance from the city government to do anything to set up, enhance, grow, expand your business, being seen in cahoots with an administration that is corrupt is not a good look and is not good for your business. It's not good for what you want to do. You know, we have, we really are running on a ragged edge here because there are some people in Baltimore who are turning this as a joke. They're treating it as a complete prank. There's some jerky sports talk show host named Nestor Aparicio. He's been around forever. You know, I know the guy a little bit. He's my age. You know, he's a clown. He hates everybody. He hates the Orioles. He hates the Ravens. Uh, he promised that the Capitals would have a day in Baltimore with the Stanley Cup. He was going to have a big rally in Baltimore in the Inner Harbor with the Stanley Cup. He never followed through on that. The guy is just a huckster. Okay, he's just a huckster. Uh, you know, he's running for mayor. Why? Why is he running for mayor? He has no qualifications to be mayor. You know, God knows what sorts of people are going to come out of the woodwork to run for mayor. And it's going to turn into a circus. It's going to turn into a clown show. We need responsible adults to step up and run for mayor. Nick Mosby wants to give that a go. Go for it, Nick. Be my guest. People want to draft Kwasi Mfume to go run for mayor of Baltimore. Mr. Mfume, be my guest. Brandon Scott, I love you. I hope you run for mayor. Be my guest. You know, those are three African-American adult leaders. So to those talking and complaining about, oh, disenfranchisement of the African-American leadership. Those are three leaders, okay? Those are three leaders. So there's plenty to go around. So let's not make this a joke. And also, let's not take this too lightly. Let's take it for the serious issue in which it is, and let's prove, as Big D and as Little D Democrats, that we know how to take out the trash, too, and we know how to clean house. We've done it before, Al Franken, um, but, you know, here in Baltimore, we seem not fully willing to do it, and I'm not sure why that is. Uh, so, like I said, I mean... You know, this is kind of where we are as Democrats in the years twenty in the year twenty nineteen. Uh, you know, we have all these things to celebrate, but how come we're not happier? At least I'm not happier. Um, you know, I, I tend to wish to caution people that democratic politics did not start on November 9th, twenty sixteen. Did not start when everybody said, Oh my god, Donald Trump's president, oh, Let's go, let's go form something. Let's go form groups. Let's go have meetings. Let's go take a stand. You know, that happened for a long time. And I'm speaking from the standpoint of a very active Democrat for 25 years before November 9th, 2016, who was out there telling lots and lots of people, told you so, knew this was going to happen knew this was going to go down like this, why weren't you listening? I can think of election after election after election when I've gone to people's doors who are D's straight down the line and 
They may vote for the Democrats, but they don't want to get involved. They don't want to get busy. They don't they don't have the they don't have the time. They have other things to do. So there have been many, many, many wonderful people who have gotten involved after these 2016 elections. Don't get me wrong. I cherish and honor what what people are doing. You know, in Howard County, we have a wonderful new state senator, Katie Freihester, who came to be out of the 2016 elections. We have a wonderful county council person, Liz Walsh, who decided to get active after the 2016 elections. Lots of great activists, you know, one of whom was a lady who I spoke very highly of a couple podcasts ago who had had incurred the ire of the local Republican Party with a bunch of hateful speech. Um, there are a lot of really good people, but let's keep things in perspective. This was not when politics started. And my history wants me to inform everybody and especially remind folks who have not been around for as long as me is that oftentimes when Democrats have it right teed up for us to lose, we lose it. And, you know, I've seen it in the national in, in federal in national elections. I've seen it in federal elections. I've seen it in state elections. I've seen it in elections here in Howard County that where we have the better person, we have the better candidate, we have the better message, we lose it. And I agree. And it goes along the lines of what President Obama said the other week in Berlin that we as Democrats have this ideological purity test that if we're not a real Democrat, quote unquote, we form this firing squad. And as he said, it's a circular firing squad because everybody's trying to out-Democrat everybody else. And, you know, that's what happens. We implode. We blow each other up. We say stupid things. We say very stupid things. Case in point, there was a, a there was a bill in the state legislature this year in Howard County. Thank God it passed, and thank you, Delegate Vanessa Atterbury, one of my delegates, for sponsoring this bill. But this bill uh, was to require developers to pay more money for developing land in Howard County. If you look comparatively to what Howard County pays as opposed to other or is paid as opposed to other jurisdictions neighboring it. You know, development comes pretty cheap in Howard County, especially considering how high the land prices are. So uh, this bill came out to uh, raise the impact fees that developers have to pay. And there were people, and these were Democrats, who started calling this bill anti-senior legislation. Wait, what? How is raising impact fees on developers anti-seniors? Well, the logic happened to be that uh, senior housing was included in development because, of course, senior housing does indeed constitute development. And therefore, if you do not exempt senior housing from development, then you are saying that impact fees 
should be higher on senior development. Therefore, uh, those impact fees would be uh, passed along to the consumer, as pretty much all fees are. And so seniors would have to pay more money for their senior housing. Therefore, the impact fee legislation is anti-senior legislation. Unbelievable. Of course, these were also um, Howard County Democrats who were, have been fairly heavily funded by developers of senior housing who were also saying this. So maybe not so unbelievable, but this is where we this is where we as Democrats throw out what's the right thing to do, raise money for our local government, because we have an incredible asset here in Howard County that people want and they desire. We throw out what's right for political expediency. I mean, there's no possible logic that anybody could see that legislation as anti-senior. There was nothing in that legislation that had to do with any aspect of a senior citizen's life or, frankly, of anyone else's life, other than that the increased revenue the county would get for the increased impact fees would help pay for roads, would help pay for schools, would help pay for public safety services. And hell, that would help seniors. Two out of those three things I just said would be a big benefit to seniors. How about this? The money would go to the county government so the county government wouldn't have to look to cut senior programming. How about that? But no, we don't get that. We don't get that. We don't do that. An argument is made at a political, political expediency because it helps five-figure donors who are developers as opposed to doing the things that are right. And this is, gets back to my other point about the newcomers. The newcomers in office and a lot of the newcomers who are activists are mostly concerned about what's right. They're not concerned about political expediency. They're not concerned about the five-figure donors or the six-figure donors. They care about what's the best thing for people. And that's true whether they're liberal moderate, or dare I say, even conservative Democrats. They care about what's right for people. So if we look at the ideological, or if we look at the schism in the Democratic Party today, and schism may be a strong word, but it is kind of true that there are two Democratic parties operating in Maryland, not in terms of structure, but there definitely are two schools of thought amongst Democrats. Uh, it's not liberal versus centrist or liberal versus conservative or progressive versus centrist. It's not that. It's not based on ideology at all. Rather, it's more based on motivation. It's more based on motivation. It's more based on doing what's politically expedient as opposed to doing what's right. A very smart person in Maryland politics, Len Foxwell, the chief of staff for Controller Peter Francho, says it's the machine versus outside the machine. In the machine versus outside the machine. The machine being, de being defined as uh, legislative leadership in Annapolis. 
Um, I think that's a very, very close approximation to what I'm saying. It's not precisely what I'm saying. Um, but, you know, I guess I'm looking at it as larger than Annapolis, and I'm looking at it as indicative of the entire culture of who calls themselves Democrats in this state. Active Democrats, interested citizens, etc. The difference is people who are motivated by political expediency as opposed by people who are motivated by doing what's right for people. That's a big difference, and that's a difference I'm going to speak to more of in coming editions of this podcast. So as I'm about to leave you, want to, of course, do a little shameless self-promotion, talk about some upcoming events. Uh, The first uh, live, or not really live broadcast, but first uh, guest guest and uh, uh, appearance on the podcast went very well, was very well received. We will have more of those, but the next one will not be until the month of May. You know, want the weather to warm up a little bit. Uh, We are going to have some live shows at the Chrysalis Amphitheater as well. Uh, I am in negotiations with a co-host for this podcast, so we will see how those go uh, over the next few weeks. And uh, I am uh, proud to announce that this coming uh, Wednesday evening, uh, we're going to make it 10 o'clock p.m., we are going to have the first ever live broadcast of Forward Maryland on Facebook Live. So it may come off of the Forward Maryland page. It may come off of uh, my personal page. We will see. We will get it done. We will make it work. But uh, topics of discussion will be Pimlico Racecourse and the Preakness. Uh, Those of you who have not heard, uh, 6,500 seats in the old grandstand uh, are now have now been deemed unusable and uh, for seating purposes. Uh, so those are 150 to about, I think, $300 tickets that now have to be refunded or people have to pick different seats a month away from the Preakness. That's pretty awesome. And, uh, and the campaign to succeed Speaker Bush. Looks like a three-headed three-person race for that. So more detail on that to come. like to thank you for listening to this podcast. Went a little bit long today, but I've had a lot to say. Been a lot on my mind these past couple weeks. So thank you for being part of this ride. And as always, uh, have a wonderful Sunday. You have been listening to Forward Maryland. My name's Bill Woodcock. Take care.